0: Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence. Where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free.
1: I'm Richard Lawrence and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network and Oneness Talk Radio. Well, welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And uh, I'm delighted, and so is our producer Darren Ball, to say that we're going to try something brand new on this and some future uh, shows. We're going to allow other people who have dedicated their lives to following the nine freedoms, people who regard the nine freedoms, which, as you know, is our core text on this show, as either their favorite and their greatest uh, teaching in their lives or certainly one of them. And we're going to have a selection of people every week and they will be picking their own extract rather than me picking it and sharing some of their feelings uh, very briefly about that particular extract. And the first person who's going to be doing that is a good friend of the show and certainly a very good friend of ours, and that's Mark Bennett, Uh, I've known him for almost 25 years. He chose this path at a very early age, and he's completely dedicated to it. He's based in London. He co-authored two books with me, God's Guides and Guardian Angels and Prayer Energy. And today, he's going to be talking about an extract from The Third
2: Freedom. If you would burn up your lower comic um, aspects you would serve if you would at this very moment uh, begin uh, to build tomorrow's a temple upon the shore uh, foundations of a today's right action, you would serve. If you would, be a free from the materialistic a prison, cunningly devised, to enslave you. You would serve. If you would uh, be uh, detached uh, from your own uh, petty uh, worries, you would serve. If you would enjoy a better um, health, you would serve. If you would. Prepare yourselves a form the new world you would serve.
3: Self-help is a massive industry and a massive subject in the media. Here we have a being from another planet giving humanity the ultimate self-help manifesto. Here we have the most important advice we could possibly be given to get out of our current problems and to grow as individuals. And the line that I'd really like to highlight here is this absolute gem. If you would be free from the materialistic prison cunningly devised to enslave you, you would serve. There's a lot of talk on social media about leaving the matrix about sinister control by an elite, either in government or controlling government from behind the scenes. There's talk of how we are being brainwashed, en masse, lied to, weakened, etc. Some of what is said is true and some goes a bit far and some doesn't go far enough. But the real point I'd like to make is not the details of what the problem is, but what the solution is. The problem is summed up by Mars Sector 6 as a materialistic prison. Obviously, we are not physically in prison. So what is this prison? It is a mental prison, a prison of our own mind. And if it is in our own minds, it means that we have accepted it. If we have accepted it, it means we can reject it. How do we reject it? One growing trend is to believe that escaping the matrix can be achieved through becoming wealthy especially through becoming an unconventional, outside-the-box kind of a businessman, and then leading this very appealing life of fast cars, private jets, beautiful women, and so on. This is not escaping the matrix. This is just being in a nicer part of the matrix, but actually more imprisoned than ever. The way to escape the matrix, to free ourselves from the materialistic prison, is not the accumulation of vast wealth for our own selfish purposes. The way to escape the matrix is to help others. This is freedom. You can't be controlled by anyone if your only allegiance is to helping others. The way we are controlled is through the promise of ease, comfort, popularity and the fulfillment of all our basic desires. If we take these things off our priority list and instead focus on helping other people, on building a better world for everyone, we might not be rich. We might not have an Instagrammably enviable lifestyle, but mentally we will be free. You might say, what if a guy makes hundreds of millions of dollars and uses it in service to others? Well, that, of course, is totally different. That's not being a slave of the matrix, of the materialistic prison. That is using the matrix to subvert the matrix. It's showing that you have control over it, not that it has control over you. And using money to genuinely help the world is definitely a great way of being of service. Not the only way, by any means, but certainly a great way. But by helping the world, I don't mean just taking in a handful of stray dogs or giving 0.0000001% of your income to charity, like token nice guy behavior. I mean really dedicating your focus, your energy, your wealth, into making a difference on as big a scale as you possibly can. This is the secret of freedom. This is the key out of the materialistic prison. This is the secret door out of the matrix. Materialism is the belief, the lie... That the meaning of life is the accumulation of things and pleasure brought by the senses. This is the great lie. If we believe this lie, we are enslaved. It's that simple. Whereas if we believe we are sparks of God, that everything is a spark of God, and that therefore everything is one, then we know that the meaning of life is not wealth but wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is love, true selfless love in practical action. This is freedom.
2: Well, as
1: one would expect with Mark Bennett, very, very thoughtful comments there on the third freedom. I think it's going to be fascinating, Darren, don't you, to hear the thoughts of people who really live these teachings, don't just believe in them, practice them, Every day of their lives yeah i think the more that you think about them and live them the more you start to have these realizations and
4: observations about the world around you i mean we heard from mark there an extremely sobering i guess you'd say but empowering message as well yeah um, and i think that that reflects you know his the time that he spent studying these teachings and, and living them as you say well that was great so that was mark
1: and next week it's going to be lisa rossa uh, a voice you hear every week actually because she does the introduction to this show and it'll be great to hear what she has to say but the other thing we're going to keep going uh on this show during these uh this slight change in our format for a while we like to keep changes every so often to this format um we are keeping going though your questions your comments and boy do we appreciate them every week letter emails come in comments come in uh observations fascinating some extremely deep uh observations darren are coming our way aren't they
4: yeah, absolutely. And I thought I'd, I'd share one of those today. Just before I do that, I just invite everybody who's tuning in with us for the first time uh, to find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, about Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's Ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. And um, today actually is a little bit different. Um, short preamble for this one that I'll share. Um, I remember a King Yoga Experience event we ran a couple of years ago at our temple here in London, and I was, I was sitting in a group with about four or five people uh, after the event. We were chatting about the path and spiritual awakening and whatnot, and one of them piped up and asked, when are we going to be doing some yoga? And then suddenly it dawned on me that she had come expecting to be practicing the physical asanas that, you know, most Mm. people come to know and love Mm. in in yoga classes around the world. Anyway, a good conversation followed, But it brings me to the question we have today, which she had, which is, you know, what's the real meaning of yoga Mm -hmm. and what's it all about?
1: (laughs) Yeah, great. And I think it's very, very important because although yoga is far more, and by the way, I never know what questions Darren's going to ask me every week. I think that's much better. So it's all impromptu. But Although yoga is a massive global industry, actually, is what it is now, and it's very popular compared to the old days when, say, Dr. King was practicing for eight hours a day in the the 1940s uh, every day um, for 10 years, uh, which was really the reason he was able to receive the nine freedoms because of that training that he'd had over that 10-year period. It was a very different thing. It was very rarely done, especially in the West. Now, it isn't, but... Along the way, of course, in its popularization, it's lost its essence. So this is a very pertinent question. Yoga means union with God or union with Brahma, union with the absolute might be the very best way to put it as per the 12th blessing. There are many paths of yoga and uh, you know there are some very extremely advanced ones and fairly dangerous ones if you get them wrong, which we don't recommend. Um and then there are also the more basic the asanas, which nowadays seem to be mainly used just to keep you fit, uh tone up your body, make you look good, etc. That's not why they were devised at all. They were devised, yes, to keep you fit, but only so that your body could become a vehicle to receive enlightenment. The higher aspects of yoga, Raja Yoga, Nani Yoga, uh Bhakti Yoga, then you get on to Kundalini yoga, um, And and, uh, Kriya Yoga, which you have to be very careful with. But those are all designed to take you to the ultimate state, nirvana, cosmic consciousness, which of course is the fifth freedom. But the big message that comes through the nine freedoms comes through all the new age teachings is that the greatest of all the yogas is karma yoga, the very thing that uh, Mark was talking about earlier service to others. What say you, Darren?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was, um, you know, it was a revelation for me too to discover more about karma yoga and its importance, the master
1: talks about, but also about relating it to what we mean by king yoga. I thought maybe you could talk about that for a moment. Well, king yoga was devised because the teachings given to us by Dr. George King can't be compartmentalized. Although he pushed karma yoga to the forefront and rightly so it's comprised of many of the forms of yoga i've mentioned all of which he himself had mastered Uh, you need the other forms of yoga to enable you to give the most potent form of service so king yoga is a particular brand and it's a potentized i would say turbocharged form of karma yoga which means that you're manipulating karma much faster and also you are able to gain the inner powers as well and of course that brings us really to our closing words that we always close every show with because it's relevant to this this is real karma yoga that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment
0: the Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence, where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free.
1: I'm Richard Lawrence and this is an Ethereus podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And once again, Darren Ball, our producer, is here, and I'm here uh, Richard Lawrence and we're delighted to welcome you all again and we're going to carry on with the new kind of venture you might say which we're trying for a while which we started last week which is to give other people who live their lives by the nine freedoms who believe in them, who practice them and for whom they're probably the greatest teachings they know uh, and that's their belief That's I'm not saying that, that's what they believe uh, and they're going to give share their comments their thoughts their feelings maybe an experience uh, maybe just something that it means to them and they're all people who as i say are extremely dedicated to this practice they're not just people who've read a book they they actually live it and the one today i I think i'm really looking forward to this is lisa rosser you hear her voice every week because she introduces this show Um, and she is a, a staff member of the Ethereum society at the american headquarters in los angeles Full time does a lot of valuable, invaluable work promoting the teachings. She's a regular contributor, among other things, to the Ethereal Society blogs that go out. And today she's going to be talking about an extract from a lecture by Dr. King on the eighth freedom that is, of course, Saturnian existence.
2: These are the masters of the planetary system who are actively engaged in helping all life streams to evolve out of their their darkness, their ignorance, and their suffering. Of course, the masters of Saturn don't like to see anyone suffering at all because they realize that no one was put on this Earth or any other Earth to suffer. It's not our heritage to suffer, the, the heritage of all men, of all life streams, is joy and peace and splendor. This is, our, this is a heritage, not suffering in any way. So they don't like to see anyone suffering, but they still, even despite their position, they can't suddenly interfere, because they would be interfering with the great laws. See, way back down the line, we, the people on Earth, chose free will. And Matherius has reminded us, we can't play fast and loose with a cosmic choice. Once we make it, that's it. You see, when we make these cosmic choices, it's not like a lady choosing a hat, you know, goes in for a white one and buys a sky blue pink one. This isn't the same thing at all. We make a cosmic choice and we're stuck with it until we prove beyond all shadow of all doubt we have had sufficient experience.
0: I find it really interesting that Dr. King used the example of purchasing a hat and choosing a particular color because I think most people in the world think more about the color hat that they want to purchase rather than Saturnian existence. Um, But I really love this extract for a few different reasons. Firstly, it was important to me to realize that we are not on this earth to suffer. There's so much suffering in the world, and it can really be overwhelming. All you have to do is turn on the news and, my goodness, wonder what this world is coming to. And it can really feel the same in our own personal lives at times. But that's not why we're here. It's not our heritage, and it doesn't have to be like that. We're here to work out our karma, but that doesn't mean we have to suffer. And this extract really helped me realize that karma is not a punishment, but a teacher. And every difficult situation that we encounter, although at the time it can be very difficult to see, it can be positive in some way, and it may help us see something in a different light, increase our compassion for another person or a group of people, or even help us start down a more spiritual path. And another reason I really love this extract is because it reminds me that we are not in this alone. Even beings as great as the Saturnian masters are actively engaged in helping us. And I feel sure that they are helping us in an enormous amount of ways, most of which we don't know about or even understand. But the more we can try to cooperate with them, the more we can be helped. And in this way, I find this extract incredibly inspiring. And it makes me want to be as active as possible. And I think that thought in itself is really quite amazing that Saturnian masters are helping us here on Earth even though we make really silly decisions and most of the world doesn't even necessarily believe in their existence it's it's really incredible and i think because so many people in this world are unaware that an opportunity to cooperate with saturnian masters exists i feel that if we are aware of it and we're fortunate enough to have this information we have a greater responsibility to join in and help them help us. Um, But in this extract, I feel that we're not only told that the Saturnian masters are helping us, uh, we're also told how we can help ourselves. And in that way, we can just be like them, be actively engaged in helping other life streams. Another reason I really like this extract is because it sums up our history and our path so succinctly. We made a choice, we're living that choice and it tells us how we can live our lives so that we can evolve and succeed and stop the suffering that we currently feel. And Dr. King says that God is the universal creative simple and to me that's what this extract is. We have all these problems in the world but the answer is so simple. Be like the great ones, help others, serve others so that we can be helped more by the great ones and then help others even more.
1: Wow. Wonderful thoughts there from Lisa. Gosh, this is going really well, Darren. I I think last week, Mark, this week, Lisa, we're getting some real insights uh, into these teachings from people who really love them and people who really live by them.
4: Yeah, I think that was a really nice personal reflection. I think it reflects, you know, this in, in our own life, this like growing sense of reality of not just extraterrestrial life or enlightened life, but in our own solar system and, and so close to us, closer than we'd ever imagined possibly.
1: Yeah, and I must agree with her that uh, more people are thinking about what had to buy, men and women, may I say, not just women, <laughs> than about Saturnian existence, which is a shame. Uh, that, that's <laughs> that's going to be one of the things that will change in the new age, uh, absolutely. People will be thinking far more about Saturnian existence and about what had to buy. That's a prophecy I hereby make on the Spiritual Freedom Show, Darren.
4: And which we're making possible in, so, in a small way with the Spiritual Freedom Show <laughs> itself. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, Absolutely. And same. so are
1: all of you who listen to us every uh, week or very regularly and, or catch up because there's a lot of podcasts that you can catch up on. And, uh, you know, you, you're sending in your thoughts. We love getting them. Every week, uh, Darren asks me a question or makes a, brings up one of your comments uh, which I don't know what he's going to bring up, and uh, we're going to be doing that in a moment. So over to you, Darren.
4: Thanks very much. If you're tuning in for the first time, you can find out more about the nine freedoms, about Mars Sector 6 and Dr. George King by visiting our website, ethereus.org. That's A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. So uh, this week we got a question that came in, uh, related in some way actually, uh, it goes as follows. Uh, this person asks, how come Krishna isn't mentioned in any of the world's history books? And from what dimension did he come? And besides the Mahabharata, is there any source to find additional information about Krishna? Thank you very much for your consideration.
1: Gosh, um, well, first of all, that's an interesting question because, of course, let's say straight away that Sri Krishna is one of the very, very few masters that we know of uh, that we've been told came from Saturn, which immediately placed – he was an avatar, of course – Uh, That term avatar comes from the Hindu tradition uh, with which he's associated. He does actually appear in some world history books, I'd have to say that. But uh, maybe the questioner here means he's he's not mentioned enough, and that's for sure. Um, You know, I I personally have a great love for the old – in fact, I was talking to a Hindu the other day who who attends a Hindu temple – and uh, I, I don't know whether this is at all typical or probably it isn't. But uh, he himself, this person I, was, I met for the first time, wasn't aware of some of the great Hindu texts. For example, obviously uh, he was aware of the Bhagavad Gita. Mahabharata has been mentioned. The Ramayana, which I believe is earlier than the Mahabharata, is absolutely superb. Um, it, it's, it's now tends to people call it, you know, myth. Um, what they don't really know what they mean by myth is it hit or myth Darren sorry about that <laughs> sorry about that but um, you know actually it's one of the closest things I've ever come across to the descriptions we have and this is for people who are familiar with the Aetheria society of the actions of the six adepts um, the Ramayana Uh, And definitely there's weaponry used there, some of which must have been nuclear. and must have been a very long time ago, probably much earlier than they think. Sri Krishna, of course, is the deliverer of the teachings in the Bhagavad Gita, some of the greatest teachings which have ever been given to our world. Um, I do believe he has been mentioned in our own teachings. There was an occasion when he came to Earth in order to hold a flame on this Earth, while the Lord Babaji Uh, left earth for a particular reason now the lord babaji is the other master and i think i'm right in saying darren the only other master that we know of that we've been told actually came from saturn who lives and come among us on on earth Um, and of course he uh is among us now thank god And we wouldn't really be here if he wasn't he's the most wonderful intelligence we could conceive of and that's the real lord babaji because there are many names uh, for this intelligence. Uh, But coming back to Sri Krishna, very, very important mission. Uh, It's an ancient mission. It is shrouded in legend, and you have to sort of try to get to the core of it. But I I think what is uh, absolutely marvelous is the synchronicity if that's probably the wrong word the synergy or whatever the link up between the teachings he delivered and some teachings which came much later from other avatars such as the master jesus the lord buddha and you can see parallels in these teachings what we have now in the nine freedoms i believe to be even greater i'm going to say that than the teachings that he was um Allowed, if that's the right word, to deliver in those days. It's not that he couldn't have delivered great teachings or greater teachings, but of course there is a plan, and they follow it to the letter. So those would be some of my thoughts, Darren. Anything you'd like to add?
4: Yeah, I just think it's interesting that you know one way you could read his question is um, you know whether Krishna is actually recognised as a real historical figure by mainstream oh, academia or mainstream history. Yeah. Which you know I'm not even sure if someone like Jesus would be recognised that way by or Buddha. No, yeah. And I think you know that's an interesting point because you know one one thing that we we're obviously adamant about is that these people really existed um yeah and as you as you describe them as avatars beings from other planets who came here among us to uh, to teach and perform other missions for global healing and enlightenment and and so on absolutely,
1: and his teachings stand um and and of course he did engage in 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 warfare in spiritual warfare um he 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 didn't it's interesting he couldn't directly engage in the same way that moses wasn't able to directly engage in one particular conflict he had to stand by and uh, joshua i believe had to sort of take part Uh, it was a very different situation indeed but um he was present, certainly, in the great conflicts of the old days, which I believe would go back to Atlantis. And he was certainly a real figure, as you rightly say, Darren. Yeah, because, um,
4: you know, certainly, you know, mainstream wouldn't acknowledge that, you know, these are people that had tremendous wisdom and even spiritual powers, uh, with a divinely guided role to play in in the growth of spirituality on earth. But because that would have so many implications, you know, in terms of, you know, what that really means. But yeah, um,
1: that's, that's the truth. And that's the advantage of sort of, carting it off into the category of myth you can sort of believe yes. it or not believe it and it gives you an out but actually right. it is true as is the statement that we always close our show with service is the jewel in the rock of attainment
0: the spiritual freedom show with richard lawrence Where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing, and spirituality will set you free.
1: I'm Richard Lawrence, and this is an Etherious podcast. We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network, and oneness talk radio welcome to the spiritual freedom show uh, and, of course, we have Darren Ball, our producer here. And later in the show, Darren's going to be sharing one of your wonderful comments or questions. They really are fantastic talking points you're bringing up to us, and they're coming in every week. And we really, really do appreciate them and your very nice comments that you make. And we're now embarking on a new venture. Last couple of shows, we've had Mark Bennett, we've had Lisa Rosser giving their insights into the nine freedoms. These are all people, and there are going to be many more coming along your way, really good people who devote their lives, live their lives by these teachings and believe them to be the greatest or among the greatest teachings they know. And they are really core, key to the lives that the people who are talking about it live. So it's not just people who've read a book or people giving a bit of theory. This is what they are experiencing from studying and following these teachings. And today our guest is from Toronto, Canada. He's been on the show before. It's great to have him back. It's Gino I don't Did I pronounce that right, Darren?
4: I think you got it. I think you're right. Oh, good.
1: Okay. He's a good friend of ours. Gino is a financial planner, a triathlete who discovered the Ethereum Society in a martial arts dojo. He devotes his time for the society to promotion and teaching the spiritual development practice available in the book, which I was honored to co-author with Dr. George King, Realize Your Inner Potential. It's a fantastic book. I can say that because it's Dr. King's book. I was just honoured to co-author it with him. These are practices that I think uh, people through the ages... Could have really needed and used, especially more advancing people. Some of the geniuses of history, I think, would have been far more balanced and able to control their lives because we know many of them had difficulties in their lives as well as doing great things uh, for the world. Uh, had they had that book, realize you're in the potential, and it's a real something that really does work. There's over 40 practices in it, and Gino spent a lot of his time promoting this and teaching this but today he's going to be talking about an extract from the third freedom service
2: there are many ways indeed to serve by your service you can help to heal those who are sick And you should. By your service, you can help to give encouragement and strength to those who are depressed and weak. And you should do this. By your service, you can throw a dazzling beam of scintillating, white, vibrant energy into the darkness of a suffering world and raise it. It is, by God, it is the jewel in the rock of attainment. It is the great practice in these days.
5: Fascinating words from Mars Sector 6 about service, a uh, karma yoga, if you will, and uh, I wanted to share a few stories uh, that have happened to me and observations that I've made, uh, namely that I think service really is contagious, similar to a room full of laughing people and you're walking in, maybe in a, a you know negative state and you can't help it. Be cheered up at least, at the very least, if not start laughing for absolutely no reason. It's it has its ripple effect. One of the stories uh, that I wanted to share with you is that a good friend of ours, every Christmas, volunteers to hand out gifts, and we started doing this uh, just as a, an afternoon, maybe to help out and deliver gifts that have been donated from generous people. And so what I'm trying to say is that other people were inspired to join us, and this is. Really the magic in the selfless service. A more serious story is uh, when we were coming back from a pilgrimage to Mount Adams, and one of the parties had a fairly serious knee injury. I stayed back. I had both packs on, which I gladly did, and was assisting this person. We weren't getting very far down the mountain. Another member who was very fit actually ran down the mountain, dropped his pack, ran all the way back up to where we were, uh, realized how serious the situation was. It was getting very late in the afternoon and carried this person down with the knee, down the mountain, uh, expertly, I might say. I was carrying the backpacks of both of those and I couldn't keep up with them. <laughs> you know, I and my morale at that point was very low and we were tired and, uh, you know, i I just seeing this, act of service, the selfless act of service from another member, you know, and you don't train for something like this. You don't look for people in distress on the tops of the mountains, of course, and they just, it was a call of action, and, and it inspired me. It kept me going. I tried my best to keep up, and we got down there safely. So, you know, that's a, a living example that I've gone through, and uh, something that I could see for myself a lot of times when said prayer energy. And we don't know where this is going in the world um unfortunately, we won't know, but the act of doing it helps people around you if if you're in a group, it helps motivate and the higher you bring your game, they will be inspired to raise their game as well and We've noticed that too, when I mention that it's it's has its very contagious and ripple effect. It brings me to a story perhaps you've heard of the three laughing Buddhist monks. If you haven't, by all means, you know, go online and you'll know, read the whole story or see a video of somebody reading it. Uh, it's, a, it's a very pleasant story. It always brings a chuckle uh, when I hear it. Um, but uh, the three monks went from village to village, and all they did was they stood in the village square and... The three of them just started laughing hysterically. <laughs> and it wasn't long before for no reason. They just that was their act of giving back. You know, we're gonna cheer up this town. It wasn't long before the crowd started forming around them. Crowd started, you know, wondering what was going on, started laughing themselves. It wasn't very long till everybody's spirits were just lifted. And they did this from village to village. They went around and they were highly revered, highly respected uh throughout China. And I get this thought but could you imagine when the day comes when humanity recognizes selfless service for what it is and takes it into their hearts and minds and changes when we have say in the middle of city hall or or some central city where we're all gathered and start giving spiritual healing or a prayer session and it becomes contagious Um, it starts to spread it starts to impress people's minds and hearts to want to participate as well. It's a great thing to give healing, to give service to an individual, but it's far more potent if we were to send out healing and inspiration, love out to the world en masse. And that's exactly what the Ethereum Society does. Feel free to join us in our events and our services that we hold and prove it to yourself and see and feel what's going on there. You may not see the results. You probably never know the results in this lifetime. But knowing from the small acts that you've done, that this greater act really is making a difference. Thank you.
1: Gino Cialdoni, fantastic. I love that idea, the ripple effect. And it's so true. I would just add, by the way, that there is a, a therapy now called laughter therapy. Uh, which apparently has had oh, some yeah. very good results, so it's interesting about those three monks um, and also interesting about mount adams that 's by the way, for those not familiar we there are certain holy mountains in the world that pilgrims go to to send out love energy as per the second freedom uh, to send out prayer to send out healing. Mount Adams is one of them in in america uh, are here in, in actually in in the u k up in Ben Hope of Scotland in the north of Scotland, I remember a very similar case where uh, a pilgrim carried uh, an injured pilgrim down the road. I mean, don't get me wrong, we're very, very careful. We advise real care and caution in climbing difficult mountains, and people should always follow that. But sometimes you need help. And there is this ripple effect. It's very, very true. Don't you think, Darren?
4: Not least because, I mean, yeah, services and reward, but there is this genuine sense of fulfillment that you feel when you make a positive difference in life for someone else. And just that, you know, the more you feel that, the more you kind of, want want to serve others as well yeah. even even above you know what it's really about and i i agree I, lo- I think it's a lovely vision he left us with i think this kind of contagion of enthusiasm for helping others yes. is, a, is a
1: wonderful thing absolutely yeah. and that brings okay. us to one of the my, certainly my favorite moments is which is when we get your question your comment which we really do appreciate so darren what have you got for us this week
4: yeah, sure. So just before I do that, I just say that if you're tuning in for the first time, you can definitely find out more about the Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, Dr. George King, even about the uh, the, the Holy Mountains that, uh, that Richard has spoken about there by visiting our website, and that's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. So question today, I've um, came really out of a conversation that, I, that I've had with uh, someone in the past, and they asked as follows. I've been following the Ethereum study for some time as well as another path, and I'm struggling to decide whether the Ethereum side is really my ship. Mm. How can I know whether this is what I was meant to do?
1: What if there's some other way that I was meant to have an impact, even a global one? You know, it's really simple. Uh, I've been asked this before, hence I'm coming in quite quickly with an answer. It's Mm. simply a question of looking to see through which path you can do the greatest good for the world. Not which path suits your temperament, as some people would say out there. And some people used to say, pick the yoga path that's most suited to you and so on. No, it's which path. And there are great examples in history of people who've done this, such as Albert Schweitzer, for example, who was was a great uh, musician, a great theologian, but he knew he could do more through helping lepers. So he became trained in medicine and that's exactly what he did. And he said... Words to this effect, actually, there's a quote uh, in, uh, in Realize Your Inner Potential, I think, from him about the fact that only people who found their way to serve were the ones who would be truly happy. and That means are happy at a deep level, at a spiritual level, at our innermost being. So that's the thing to go for. You're following two paths. Look and see which of those two you believe or you know, or you feel, or you've experienced, can do the greatest good in the world. Not necessarily the one you like the most. Might be the one you like the most. It certainly will become the one you like the most, by the way, because it's the right one. And follow that.
4: Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think well, you know, one thing that people um, probably find difficult is to see the implications of of the work we're doing i think that that can often make it difficult to
1: evaluate you know which Mm. which is the right part absolutely and i've heard it you know from politicians for example say they might get involved in politics if they if it's in an area that's has particular interest to them which might be health might be um transport or whatever it might be no no it's not it's not about that it unless that's the area where you can help the most uh you know you become interested through the motivation of service. And this applies all the way through the line. It doesn't mean to say you're going to have the most prominent role. You might do, you might not. That doesn't matter. What matters is are you part of the biggest team? And, of course, you know, I wouldn't be here, Darren wouldn't be here if we didn't believe that the Ethereum society is having the greatest impact on the world as a whole, uh, and that's why we're in it. Uh, we love it as well, and we find the teachings to be the greatest teachings we've come across. And on that note, we heard today from Mars Sector 6 speaking through Dr. George King, and let's remember, in deep somatic trance, as he delivered the motto of this particular show that you're now listening to. And that motto is Service is the jewel in the rock of
0: attainment. The Spiritual Freedom Show with Richard Lawrence Where politics is not the answer, materialism counts for nothing And spirituality will set you free
1: I'm Richard Lawrence and this is an Ethereus Podcast We're also syndicated on these radio networks on the first and third Saturdays of the month. Body Mind Spirit Radio, Transformation Talk Radio, WTRM, the Trim Radio Network and Oneness Talk Radio. Welcome to the Spiritual Freedom Show. And once again, we're going to be listening to the thoughts of someone who's really dedicated to the nine freedoms. Someone who possibly regards this, as I do, as their favorite set of teachings, uh, the greatest teachings that we have to live by. Um, If not the greatest, among the greatest. And this person uh, we're going to hear from today is Julian Rosser. Uh, He is the husband of Lisa Who we've already heard from. Uh, And Julian is a staff member at the Ethereum Society in Los Angeles. He's a full timer. He was full time over here in the UK for some while. Uh, He hails from New Zealand and was a regular presenter on the Mystic FM radio show. He's also a regular contributor to the Ethereum Society blog and many other things. People will be very familiar who are familiar with the Society with Julian. So today he's going to be talking from his own experience and his own study about an extract from a lecture by Dr. King on the first freedom. And, of course, the first freedom, as our regular listeners will all know, is
2: bravery. Bravery is essential in all things. For while the aspirant allows the negative accumulation of fear to discolor his outlook, he cannot ever truly aspire to freedom. You can't, you know. There's a wonderful little book called Light on the Path. It's only a tiny little book. It's a magnificent jewel of a book. An absolute jewel among jewels is that wonderful book. It says in that book, and this is true, that you come to a certain stage where you first look through The third eye, or the Christ center, we we choose to call it. And this is the most awful, terrifying experience of your life. And it is true. In the name of heaven, my friends, it is true. You will go mad. You will probably end up by committing suicide, or you will be brave enough to go forward. Now, whosoever tells you different has not had this experience. I don't care whether he calls himself Swami XYZ or Master QFZ. He has not had that experience if he tells you different. The first time you look through here, you see yourself alone in the universe.
6: Completely alone. I've always been drawn to the first freedom. I've read it hundreds of times and memorized it and I've chosen this extract because to me the opening sentence, namely bravery is essential in all things, is one of the most important of all. To me it's the perfect starting point and I feel that if I can get this right then it's much easier for everything else in my life to follow from it. I think it's interesting that, although this is at the very beginning of the Nine Freedoms, the example that Dr. King has used in his commentary actually relates to an experience near the end of our journey on Earth. He's not used a basic story about bravery, the type of thing that we might see in a movie, however inspiring that may be, but instead he's used one of the greatest demands for bravery that we'll ever encounter as terrestrials the time when we're able to raise the power of kundalini to the Christ center. And to raise kundalini to this point is obviously very advanced. It means you're very far along the path, because if we can pass this test that Dr. King mentions, if we're able to look through the Christ center and not turn back in fear, then we become a master. And we can go on to raise kundalini to the crown chakra, the highest chakra. And once we can do that at will, then we're ready for the initiation of ascension. So I think that Dr. King has chosen, through this illustration, to show that bravery really is essential in all things. And one of the attributes of truly great spiritual teachings is that they can be applied on different levels. I find that I can relate the first freedom to everyday life quite easily, But through this example, we can see that it goes much, much further than that. It's not just something for the beginning of our spiritual journey. It's essential right throughout our experience here on Earth. So I think this opening statement from Mars Sector 6, bravery is essential in all things, is the perfect beginning to the nine freedoms, because we can't even truly aspire to freedom without it, let alone achieve it, And Dr. King's choice of an example to illustrate this is simply brilliant.
1: Well, thank you so much, Julian. You know, I've always marveled because Dr. King also mentions this example of when you see through the third eye, uh, Darren, in the Nine Freedoms commentary in the book. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't think he relates it in that case to Light on the Path, which uh, was uh, brought to us, I think, by the Master Hilarion through Mabel Collins, um Mm -hmm. but he does refer to that experience and i've always thought well gosh you know i don't think there's a lot of people on the planet wrestling with that particular problem no Um, unfortunately uh you know and one day we all will but um it does go to show a how advanced dr king is but as julian said there it also gives a great example of you know real cause for bravery which shows does it not the bravery while being the first freedom is something we're going to need all along the way throughout all our evolution I'm sure even beyond cosmic consciousness even beyond this world bravery will still be a, a key key component in in spirituality
4: yeah cuz you can you can sort of get the wrong ideas you know you, you master bravery and then you kind of move on and do other things but actually as you've said this is something that you know we can we have to demonstrate throughout the rest of our existence and um i think certainly You know, in his example, there, as you say, Dr. King helps us appreciate this. um, I guess the spectrum of experience across which we can apply these teachings, um, which I think, which, which, which makes it even more relevant. I mean, not just for everyday life, as Julian says, but you know,
1: for for our evolution in totality. You know, one thing that really strikes me is that people who listen to this show are showing bravery, and people who start to live by these teachings, even more so are demonstrating bravery because it's not the easiest okay. thing to do. I mean, you know, I've heard so often, well, you know, I come from this culture, I come from that religion, I, my family thinks this, and everybody thinks they have a unique set of conditions which makes mm-hmm. it particularly yeah. difficult for them Um, And, you know, that's how it obviously seems to not everybody, but to a lot of people. But actually, there, Mm. there are always difficulties and always have been difficulties for anyone who takes firmly to the spiritual path. It's not unless you're extremely karmically fortunate what your family, the people around you necessarily want you to do. And certainly the conditioning of the world definitely doesn't want you to do that And it does take bravery to stand up and be counted and stick by your beliefs, particularly when they're not universally understood or believed in, possibly even by ignorant people, ridiculed, uh, to stand by them. That takes bravery. And I, I respect everybody who does that.
4: Yeah, I think that that's got to be virtually a universal experience for everybody who's um, um has this choice to to follow the path. I mean, it'd be a very rare person who's who's born into it in such a way that it it's it you know that there's virtually no friction around them. But most of us, as you say, yeah, I, I can certainly identify you know points in my life, and I'm sure you can too, where um there were obstacles to overcome and in in, in in being able to recognize this this like. Um, this This intuitive voice inside of us that said, Yes, that is what you need um, and, and then being able to actually act upon it despite everything you know going on around, yeah, us, which is so.
1: why I often say, because you hear this often in the new age, just go with the flow. And mm. that's okay, providing the flow is a spiritual flow. The, the, <laughs> Good point. The predominant Good point. Good point, yeah. flow, sadly, on this level of existence, isn't a spiritual flow. It's a materialistic flow. It's a, perhaps a warlike flow. It's a political flow, etc. And if you just go with that, well, then you'll, you won't get too far, you know, uh, on the mm-hmm. spiritual path anyway. So you, sometimes you actually, strangely, you have to go against the flow that's around you uh and you won't hear that i don't think in many places other than this show and one or two others you have to actually go against the flow and that takes bravery but anyway before we go on on this because we could talk all morning couldn't we about this or all evening mm-hmm. or whatever the time is where you are good right topic. now good. Um, good topic yeah it is um let's get to our questions because we absolutely love the questions and comments that you send into us so darren what do you have for us today
4: Yeah, I've got a a comment actually here today that I wanted to share Mm. with everybody. Just before I do that, um, if you're tuning with us for the first time, do find out more about The Nine Freedoms, about Mars Sector 6, and about Dr. George King by visiting our website. That's ethereus.org, A-E-T-H-E-R-I-U-S.org. Well, I should say as well, I do invite everybody, um, if you do have a comment of your own or a question, even a moment of truth that you'd like to share, do get in touch with us. That's spiritualfreedom at richardlawrence.co.uk. So this is something I thought was very well expressed and and well worth sharing, and um, I'll read this out to you here. Through fear, the mind compartmentalizes in order to cope with the shocks, truths, and lies that we all constantly surrounded by. Therefore, we can hear truth, agree with it even, think we live by it, but still remain in denial. We subtly fool ourselves, holding up our progress for years unnecessarily. Current world conditions are too serious and urgent to avoid facing self and truth. Time is short. We are unlimited beings and we can change in zero time. To face truth, we have to face ourselves with honesty and bravery and with total unconditional love and respect for self and all life. Unconditional. All life. Living the teachings means acting upon them immediately with 100% intensity, inspiration, enthusiasm, humility, and unconditional love. Much vital inner work is essential when studying these great teachings which are expressed so eloquently and powerfully by the master's by Dr. King and Richard. And our thanks go to all.
1: Wow. Gosh. Well, that's a wonderful comment, isn't it? And, and you know, I can't really elaborate on that, Darren. I mean, is there anything you'd like to say about that comment?
4: Uh, well, I guess it's, I think it's good that he highlights that, you know, self-delusion even is often an obstacle in the it path is. to freedom. It is. And uh, and I think a reminder that, you know, therefore our, our, outer, our outer life is a reflection of our inner life that we create for ourselves. And if we want to transform, you know, these conditions, we have to, Um, look within as well to transform ourselves. And if we think about ourselves, maybe, you know, or if we think about enlightenment as the ultimate clarity, well, I mean, we're not literally ultimate, but (laughs) relative Mm. to our state now, um, then, you know, that's where we're going towards. And I think that's where we'll have be able to, um, you know, with that sense of clarity, be able to really see the world for what it is, uh, to be able to overcome fear and see it for what it is. um, Yeah. Uh,
1: And I think, you know, we have to, and of course, what's testing in this day and age is that we have to be in the world but not of it. And mm. you know we're in the old days and, and there was a, you could see why in order to find enlightenment, they if they were really dedicated and you have to admire them for their dedication, they would have no possessions at all. No relationships per se at all, other than with other fellow aspirants, and that would only be as mm-hmm. and when necessary. And their guru, mm-hmm. of course, if they had a guru, which many of them would have done, of uh, one kind or another. But, and they had to forego, uh, as I say, uh, all the attributes, the, the things connected with the world, cut off completely from their families, um, which in, if they were in, in ancient times would be better understood, but not really liked by their families. Um, but, you know, mm. now we don't do that. Now we're in the world. We we have to work through material things, not because materialism is real, but because it's a necessity for existence, and then we have to transmute it until it no longer does exist. It's a strange paradox there, and that takes mm. a lot of bravery and all the things that that comment really Brought out. I think that was a really good comment. I don't think I can add to it, except to thank Julian Mm. very much for his words today and to thank our producer, as always, Darren Ball, and to end with the words we always end with from The Third Freedom that service is the jewel in the rock of attainment.